0: Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. This is our Con Season Survival Guide episode. I am joined by two of the alternate realities refugees. Across from me, making his triumphant return, we have former alternate realities co-owner, Drew Cheskin. Hello. And to my left, we have friend of the store, Brian O'Day. How you doing? Well, it's very great uh, to be here with both of you. This is the first time that you've been on the show together. Yes. I I believe so.
1: Funny, Drew and I live right next to each other we've been around but even in the uh, documentary though i don't think we were in any scenes together either so i think this
0: is our first all around since your journey started all those years ago that's right i'm always looking for new combinations now drew i said triumphant return because i don't know if we ever spoke about this but <laughs> the last time you were on was season two episode two the deal of the art a yes. big original art episode. That was, if I'm not mistaken, the highest rated episode of that season. Oh, ah, very nice. One cool. of the highest rated overall and I got a lot of great feedback on that. Hmm. Cool. So people seem to like it. I did not know that. Drew's got a good voice. He's got a good voice, but a lot of a lot of great insight. I mean, there were some know. we got really really deep into the ins and outs of buying original art. Uh so I'm hopeful that you'll have uh, some similar insights about how to survive a comic oh, convention. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Drew, you know, I've I've spoken about this on past episodes, but this is the first time that you're here for us to talk about it together. You officiated
2: my wedding. Yes, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I was completely shocked when you asked, but I think (laughs) it went off pretty well. I think everybody was shocked. Yeah, we purposely didn't tell
0: anyone. It was in the program, though. So that, that kind of yeah, gave it away. Yeah. I kind of knew because I took the car with Drew. And they're like, just so you know, <laughs> don't
1: start freaking out.
0: <laughs> so I was like, but don't tell anybody. I was like, okay, mom's the word. Yeah. No, that was great. We were so honored to have you do it. It went great. We did the whole Infinity Gauntlet bit. Yes. So instead of lighting candles as a unity ceremony, yeah, we had we had the gauntlet. You,
2: you had a field day with that. Oh, friend. that was fun. And, and at least these people knew uh, what Thanos was talking about in the new Infinity War movie. Yeah. So that was good. It was sort of a, you know, two year preemptive strike <laughs> <laughs> to let them know what's going on. With the big snap of your fingers. You were wedded. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but no, so that was that was a lot of fun. And Brian, I gotta I gotta break your balls just a little bit here okay. for a moment. Sure. For years, years, this guy has been has been begging me I'm not begging, but pestering me <laughs> for a DVD or Blu-ray of my comic shop documentary. And then Finally, an opportunity presented itself I during the, the Kickstarter campaign, <laughs> and you went for the art reward <laughs> instead. <laughs> I took the art. I appreciate the support, regardless
2: of, of which but reward, did, but I couldn't believe it. Not everybody. I, why did I think everybody got a Blu-ray of it as a no, reward? A Maybe that's
1: how I wrote it as well. That's it. But mm-hmm. That's all right. I, I opted
0: for the art.
2: You can borrow mine. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, we did uh,
0: exclusive commentary with Bill Mayo for on uh, the comic shop documentary and by Spoon. So it's good stuff. I think you'd enjoy it. Very nice. Cool.
2: Did so, you get Roby on there?
0: On the commentary? Yeah, was Roby? No. In? Roby was here, though. We recorded uh, the, the New Year's, yeah, New Year's a, Day uh, special. That okay, was a okay, cool okay. episode. That was fun. It was good to talk to him again after all this time. Yeah. I miss Roby. He was supposed to come to the dinner, our, or our or breakfast. The breakfast, yeah. Our New Year's Day breakfast, but he, I think he said he wasn't feeling well or something. But that was too bad. It would have been nice to
2: see him there. It's been great to see him. Just dirty New York air got to him. <laughs> yeah. It's like He's like E.T. He had to go home. He was dying. Yeah.
1: He's working for Amazon, right?
2: He is. No,
0: he's doing very well. Yeah, that was a fun episode. <clears throat> that was cool to, uh, to get. It was him and, and Bill and Steve, so we had a good chat.
1: I must say, I've been listening to all the episodes. I just haven't listened to the late, latest one that was on May 30th that came out. Oh, the Aw oh Yeah Guys? Yeah, I haven't listened to that one oh, yet. Yeah. cool.
0: Well, I appreciate you listening.
1: That means so, a lot. Like I said, I was, uh, before we were talking and we went on the air... Or live or whatever, whatever, recording. We're recording. Uh, I was like, oh, you inspired me to go buy comics again to see, like, you we were talking about uh, Batman uh, White Knight. So I was like, oh, that's that would be a cool story to read because obviously I'm a big Joker fan and stuff like that. But there's uh, some nuances that were mentioned in the podcast that I was like, I
0: don't know how I feel about that. And, you, as a Joker fan, you should read it, if nothing else. But right. um, as far as how much you like, I'd be curious to talk to you after you read it. So when we did that episode, only the first six episodes were out episodes. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did it in that podcast, You too. did do Jesus. it in the- <laughs> So the first six issues were out when we did that. Uh, so now all eight are out, and I've, I've read the the conclusion of okay. it. And I enjoyed it. I And I won't spoil anything for you, but it's I was okay. hoping <clears throat> that... Uh, since it's not an incontinuity story, I was hoping that they would take some more chances with with the resolution it, to it. And is it
1: like a Gaslight Batman Gaslight type of thing? I'll be honest, I've never read that. Oh, okay.
0: So I that can't. was actually very good. Yeah. Just so you know. But it just—I don't know—I just felt like the ending was a little bit more uh, conventional than I thought it was going to be, given okay. that it exists in its own space. But it was definitely good. Like it was interesting, and I think you'd like it.
1: So uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, you inspired me, but then I was going to look for back issues, and I couldn't find any back issues. And then like. I'll have to wait for the trade. So now I just Yeah. text someone and say, when does this come out? Because <laughs> I'm not into shops
0: too often anymore, you know? Sure. So uh, this episode, it's it's kind of our mid-season finale, as it were. So uh-huh. uh, this con season of My Comic Shop History will consist of 12 episodes total. This is episode six. The second batch of six con episodes uh, will start in September. So this is kind of the mid-season finale of the con season. But... There will be new episodes all summer long, so the sub-series are going to take over for the summer months. Fun. So Yeah, so for the next two episodes, it's going to be a uh, two-part Superman book club Uh-oh. event. Uh, Dan Greenfield from Thirteenth Dimension. He's going to be joining me. The first episode in two weeks, we're going to be tackling all of the post-crisis tellings of Superman's origin. Oh wow! So we'll be talking about Burns Man of Steel, Birthright. You're going to all Steel Day. It's going to be great. These are going to be like three-hour podcasts. I'm looking forward to this. It, that one probably will be lengthy. <laughs> and then two weeks after that, we're going to be talking about Bendis' Man of Steel. Oh, cool! So we're going to we're going to kind of take that apart a little bit, and I think that'll be fun. And then after that, the rest of the summer, uh, there's a four-part Beyond My Comic Shop miniseries with Ben Lichtenstein from Zap Comics. We're going to be talking about all of his collection-buying practices. So people seem to really be into the Zap episode last season, so I wanted to spend some more time with him and talk about these crazy collections. Rich Roney would love that. That he bought. funny Rich Roney So I'm glad you brought that up. So... (laughs) So I, I've already recorded the Ben episodes, uh, you know, I'm currently like really deep into production on the next documentary, and so I needed to have some stuff like, recorded and banked up. So I recorded the Ben stuff a little while ago, and you know, the store is in New Jersey, right. you know, not that far from where uh we friend think, of the store, Rich Roney, lives. We think he lives? <laughs> where we think he lives. We don't really know for sure. But uh, he happened to come in while we were uh, finishing up one of the recordings, and Again, the episodes are about Ben's collection buying. But over the course of our conversation, we, we touched on Wizard, Wizard Magazine, the defunct Wizard Magazine for like a couple of minutes. But that's what Rich happened to walk in for. And I kid you not, every time I have spoken to Rich since then, <laughs> he's like, I can't wait for that episode. When I came in and you guys were talking about Wizard, it was, it was great to hear Ben talk about Wizard. And I keep telling him, I'm like, listen, I, I appreciate that. Like, it's not about Wizard. <laughs> I feel like he's really going to be let down, but he like
2: I re- really latched onto that. So You should oh, just completely awesome. cut that part out of the podcast. That's <laughs> hilarious. Say, Rich, it's it's part of the extras. You have to join this new site to get it. Uh-huh. You should have, had, you have you should record an episode with Rich, then
1: you know, plug it in where you can with that episode.
2: Yeah,
0: I know. Actually, that would be cool. What, I, what I'm what i hoping to do is uh, I'm trying to go with Odo to the Diamond Retailer Breakfast at New York Comic Con. Oh, okay. Because he still has his his account and he still goes and he gets a plus one. So hopefully his wife doesn't want to go and I can go. Because <laughs> I really love to get into that uh, meeting and then he and I will do an episode about what we see there. And I'll probably bring Rich in for that too. Because I've never had Odo and Roni on an episode together. So I think That'd that would be, be interesting. But I I don't know. That'd be very, I don't know. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting, I think. I think it'd be, be really good. cool. So we'll see. So that's what's coming up on uh, on my comic shop history. So fresh content all summer long through good. the fall as well, and no more separate podcast feeds. Everything's under the one my comic shop history feed. So we make it as even the possible. older
1: episodes, the past episodes,
0: are you are you got it under that as well? Yeah, I uh, rebranded and reposted the flat squirrel tales beyond right. my comic shop episodes. That was when we had our Crisis on Infinite podcast. So everything, uh, everything's there. <laughs> <Awesome>.
1: <laughs> Great names for these man. So,
0: well, we got to have some fun with this. Of course. You know, uh, so now I do have another initiative, this Patreon that I'm launching, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to get into this, this con season survival guide. So this episode was born out of a listener suggestion. I posted on Facebook a while back, like, what kind of stuff do you guys want to hear? And uh, someone chimed in and said, I, you know, I think they went to, the, shout out to Eric, uh, he had gone to, a, like, a decent-sized show in Dallas and was kind of overwhelmed at just how much there was. And he was like, that's probably, you know, half the size of, of a New York New- or, or San Diego. So he was, uh, you know, just kind of curious about what insight, you know, the show might be able to offer about how to navigate one of these things. So, uh, you know, so I thought we can kind of get into that. And obviously there's, like, there's some basic obvious stuff, like, you know, wear comfortable shoes, yeah, pack a snack, and all that stuff. the biggest one. Seriously, um, don't ever wear flip-flops. It's a disaster. Like, Learned that
1: the hard way, man. Oh, you did that? Oh yeah, years ago. Oh man. I didn't I did that um I think it was the first year of New York Comic Con, day two. And I was just kind of strolling around. That's when it was downstairs, I think, right? every Artist Alley was downstairs or everything was downstairs. And then the fire marshals came in. And they yeah, it was closed. only
2: like one section, one yeah. hall of the
1: one yeah, it was very, very small for Artist Alley. That and was the
2: entire show. Was that the yeah? Entire the first show? year, the entire show was like the northmost hall, and that was it. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember being very small, mm-hmm. and even if it, even though it was at the Javits, but day two, I was just, eh. Let me just wear the flip flop, see what happens. That mistake.
0: Mistake. I know, I was kind of joking when I said that, but no, yeah, I mean, that's true. I was thinking of Roby, Nick Roby. Well, he always wears flip-flops. I've called him out for that on the show before, but yeah, wearing flip-flops. I remember seeing him there. I'm like, what are
1: you doing? But yeah, I actually did it as well, so. so yeah, Roby's sure not alone,
0: man. You have comfortable footwear. Now, Drew, I want to I wanna hear a little bit about your Comic-Con history, because you've been going to shows for a long time, and I, I,
2: I suspect you've seen a decent shift in, in the, the way shows are. Oh, yeah. No, I, I started going to shows first show i went to i remember my mother took me down friend with along with my old best friend andrew from elementary school and it was at the penn plaza pavilion which i don't know if it's still called the penn plaza pavilion and it was probably one of the carbonaro shows oh god Uh, but it it might have been it might not have been i don't remember i remember looking for star wars toys and everything else and I think I might've purchased an X-Men 94 there and it was like the huge purchase for $50 back then. Um, but it was overwhelming. But the thing that's a little different is, is back then you went to the show and this is where you saw everything. You were lucky. Maybe the local comic book shop had a lot of back issues. Maybe they had something special, you know, a Hulk 181 or amazing fantasy 15. But when you went to these shows, you would see everything. There wasn't the internet. You didn't, you know, there weren't podcasts talking about stuff and there wasn't YouTube to look at everything. There weren't forums. I mean, it was maybe you would have, you know, the, the trade papers for, different stuff where you could you know maybe looking like a penny saver and someone would be didn't selling have really have
1: trades back then anyway well Not they so had many. uh they uh, had like the handbooks right
2: yeah but what was you know, this is where we need steve because i can't remember anybody that remember but they had the you know the monthly publications
1: oh right right you know, right, the
2: little right. newspapers where you could people would have stuff for sale and this and that but you didn't see this stuff uh and it's almost a shame that you know, eBay first popped up and you looked at it and you're like, oh, wow, now I can find whatever I want. And unfortunately, nowadays it's, well, now I can find whatever I want. You know, <laughs> it's it's not as special as it used to be. You see something walk in, you're like, well, I, you know, I can go find this anywhere I want, anytime, day or night and buy it. So back then the shows were more fun because it, it was, and you didn't have a show every other week or every week like you do now. You waited the whole year for the show to come around. You waited six months and you went to it. And you got to see all this stuff that you just didn't see. And you saved up your money so that you could buy it if you found it, that sort of thing. So it was fun back then. So, not the shows aren't fun now, except they're super crowded. Uh, But it was a little different back then. I I think it was more, a little bit more of an adventure. Sort of, am I going to find what I want? You know, and you're either elated that you found it or you're disappointed that... No smartphone, man. Nothing. I get it, though. And I mean, like, on a a different scale. But I was thinking recently
0: or reading about uh, Blockbuster and how, like, the last few remaining Blockbusters are in Alaska because the winters are long and the Wi-Fi is slow. And so there are still, like, a couple of Blockbusters out there. And I was reading about them and seeing the photos and stuff. And, like, I was nostalgic for Blockbuster. And I'm like, well, it's kind of silly because it's... It's better now. I mean, you have access to anything. But I think there's something to be said, like you would go to Blockbuster. You didn't know what you were going to get. And maybe you appreciated it a little bit more when you were able to
2: walk out with something that you were excited to watch. Go to
1: Blockbuster and never get the movie you wanted, especially if it came out that week. You <laughs> just <laughs> never get it.
2: I think one of your next projects should be a documentary about Blockbuster and should be called The Winters Are Long and the Wi-Fi is Slow. <laughs> (laughs) That'd be a great title. I think
0: it'd be. (laughs) That's actually great. Part of me, yeah, part of me would actually love to. uh, I mean, Steph has been to Alaska, and, you know, I I hear nothing but great things. That's a place maybe we would uh, venture at some point, not just for the blockbusters, but Uh it'd be kind of cool to go and. uh, and Any comic shops in Alaska? I'm sure. In Juno, right? I guess. Or Anchorage? Listen, I'm not flying with my equipment anymore. I think I'm Mm -hmm. done with that. That's been, uh, just as a a quick side note, that has been uh, a little stressful. I I I was was actually going to
2: ask you about that because you're obviously not carrying it all on board. Yeah, no, I am. Oh, really? Yeah, really? Oh, the that's only carry
0: on oh
1: that's brutal the only, so
0: uh, so again as listeners know i've been filming this my comic shop country movie and so at this point now again i've i've done all of my flying with the equipment everything else will be you know driving but um the only thing that we check is the tripod and we pack that in our big suitcase that we check uh, with the rest of the clothes and stuff so that gets checked but then um everything else the hard case and then our backpacks and stuff that comes on with us but one of the things that's really been frustrating me is, and I was I had a really good chat about this with Rich Roney, because, you know, Rich has done his fair share of traveling. He's like oh, George yeah. Clooney and up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. So we had a lengthy conversation about, like, what like which flights he would pick and, like, all this stuff. But there's, like, no rhyme or reason for what's, what gets flagged through security, because there have been times where I've gone through with everything and they don't open up a single thing. And then just this recently coming back from the last trip um, – I think I had some light clamps in one of the bags and that set it off and like they unpacked. And we had like a, we had, like our, our underwear in there and sound like they're taking everything out. <laughs> and uh, he opened up the case where the lavalier microphone was and he's like grabbing it by the antenna. And I'm like, that's very expensive equipment. Please be gentle. Uh, so that's been a little frustrating. So thankfully, uh, well, it depends where that's you are it for too, flying. right? How it, I mean. Yeah, there's that. I mean, I have again. I haven't been able to uh, to figure out any rhyme or reason. Sometimes it's fine. Other times, and and when it does get flagged, it's like always something different. Like one time, the case that the camera's in, they had to open up and look at it. And again, this time it was the light clamp. So right. I don't know. In any event. Step uh, So I won't be flying to Alaska with, with the equipment, but it would be cool to see Blockbuster. But no, I mean, everything that you just said, Drew, I mean, like makes a lot of sense. And then the other thing that I've been thinking about in terms of the changes you've seen, and this is something that I hear a lot about from fans, and this popped up in the last episode, but I want to kind of talk about it a little bit more, is, you know, this infusion of greater pop culture elements in comic conventions. Because I think one thing that you hear from a lot of fans is, like, there, there's not enough of an emphasis on comics anymore. None. Is that something you guys feel?
1: 100%. I mean... I mean, as Drew knows, and to give someone else who's been on this podcast, Chris Wilcock is due. You know, he does the pop and Undiscovered Realm. The guy works very, very hard behind the scenes. Just give him a shout out and pay credit where credit's due. The guy who works very, very hard. and But he does a lot of shows. But, you know, I've worked for him. And this is recently in the last two years. He's gone around to the different shows and a lot more emphasis on, obviously, pop finals and stuff like that whatever's on tv whatever movie whatever the hot movie is it's more of um type of thing as like first in first out type of thing you know if uh, an old accounting adage for inventory you see whatever's new you get that out right away and all the other stuff is just kind of put back into the back room somewhere so all like looking for back issues and things like that because you know you get to walk around the show and see what where comics are and to take new york comic con for instance on the main floor, if we walked in the show, you go to the right side, and there was maybe two alleys of comic book retailers, and that was really it. There was nothing else there. And you know, for and they're bringing all all their prime books as well. So I don't know how well those guys did at Comic Con. They could have done really, really, really well, or they could have done very, very poorly because those books are either going to move or they're not. It's one one or the other. So and they're trying to make your you know. The are not for the weekend to pay their, I don't know how much the table is. Maybe the table is like $10,000 now. I don't even know.
2: I think they're a couple thousand a weekend, each. each table. table. So yeah. if you're getting four or five tables, yeah, you could be spending that. I think the main thing that's happened, like a lot of businesses or a lot of things that are started out of a passion for whatever the topic is, is that it's shows in general. Obviously, comic books, or comic book properties, certainly with the help of the Marvel movies and the DC movies as well, the popularity has exploded over the past, I'm going to say, 20 years. Because while the Marvel Cinematic Universe started 10 years ago, you know, Blade did well, the X-Men movies by Fox, Sony doing Spider-Man with Tobey. I mean, that stuff really did catch the public eye. Not as much, obviously, as the current stuff, but people liked uh, Keaton Batman stuff. I mean, it all became very popular. So these comic book shows became not just something for fans, but for other people. Like, I want to see what this is all about. And what happened is that the shows, which used to be, I would say, run by fans and hopefully generated some money for them, turned into a business. And when it comes down to it, you're going to get a lot more people paying to come and see the newest movie stuff or see television and movie stars than they are going to come and see comic books. So when you get Lucasfilm or you get Warner Brothers that are willing to pay money for a booth, you're going to get the people running the shows. It's like, well, I don't care, Mr. Comic Shop." If you can only pay 500 for your booth, that's what you used to do. That guy's willing to pay 2000 or 3000 for your spot. I'm willing to give it to you for the same price. But that's and how are you going to do that selling dollar comic books? How are you going to do that when you're a comic book dealer Be having a Hulk 181 when the other 50 guys also have their Hulk 181s with them and, and their X-Men ones and their giant size number? I mean, that, that's the thing. You're not offering a unique product anymore especially when someone will say well but I saw that on eBay for you know half the price half the price well I mean you know, I mean, it's become a business that's the problem is that the, the show itself is a business is a business which is pricing out like anything it's pricing out retail retail just can't compete anymore so the shows consequently have become more pop culture what can we do to bring in More people, charge more money, make it bigger, make it better. My first San Diego Comic-Con was 2003.
1: I won 2002. I went the year before you.
2: Mine was the first year with preview night, Wednesday night. It was $50 for all five days. Preview night plus Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I probably bought that ticket. Three weeks before San Diego <laughs> I, Comic I remember Con. That. Yeah. I believe that's Bi- amazing. Because Big Frank and Brandon were going. You want to go? We're all gonna, you know, share a hotel room. A hotel room, which we booked probably three um, weeks before the show. The embassy suites right down the street. Yep. And previews night was empty. Now half the vendors weren't there. Most of the artists weren't there because no one was there. But even Thursday, even Friday, it, w- it was empty. It wasn't anything, because they, they they hadn't gotten into this big, hey, let's do, like, cosplay. People dressed up, but it wasn't what we know as no. cosplay these days. It, it was, it was you they know, were run-of-the-mill. There weren't huge sections for video games. It wasn't uh, huge anime-type stuff yet. It wasn't game, I mean, it was... Comic books. But they were starting the movies, though.
1: I mean, I remember they were starting to get the Hollywood stuff in there because X-Men hit big, what, 2002? I guess that yeah. was that year it hit big, right? Yeah, yeah. And 2000,
2: then, I think, was X-Men. I think Spider-Man okay. came like 01 or 02. I mean, yeah, Spider-Man yeah, was actually yeah. after X-Men, yeah. yeah.
1: So whatever year that was, I mean, they, they started Hollywooding or Hollywood fying. I don't know how to say it. I don't.
0: No, I, no, I hear you. you know, I mean, unless I was curious like Drew, like do you remember the or for for either of you? Um but like the first show that you went to where you're like, "Oh, this is different."
1: Yeah. 100%. Which one? It was San Diego because one? I we were just going to the church or we were going to yeah. the to be, the old pavilion. We even did a show in Madison Square Garden in like the you know, the hallways when like I think Ringling
2: Brothers and like elephants
1: were walking down. Bill Mayo will yeah, tell the, you.
2: The, yeah, the, the the circus was setting up, so they were like the animals. Were <laughs> the there animals too, were, were running or, around. <laughs> would. Bill Mayo will tell you some great stories
1: from that that uh, Comic Con. That was a great Comic Con, by the way. Well, it wasn't great. It was it was fun because those shows were fun. We we had a lot of fun. Now it's like it's work. It's it's an actual like job. You're gonna you're sitting. You're getting up at seven o'clock in the morning. You're going down. You're gonna unload and load into you know, bring all your stuff into the, to the
0: show. So you're speaking and, about, like, from a vendor perspective? Because yeah. I know you do help out on Discovered occasionally, if, right? if you
1: work, if you're going to go work for Chris, he's putting you to work. Like, that's, if ands and or buts, and I won't, like, beat around the bush, I, I'm happy to go work and help him out, not a problem. But, you know, some people are like, oh, I want to hang around and stuff like that. I don't know who does that now, but it's a job. It's You're there to do, you know, you're there to help him Get rid of the product and sell the product and make money for the business. I mean, the guy's been grinding it out. He, I think he hits like forty shows a year, so or he, he, somewhere around that, yeah. which is a lot. And then he's driving cross country, going to Florida, going to Chicago. I heard he had a really good show in like Chicago. Or he, I know he loves Chicago, so yeah, yeah, good, we had a and we had a good chat. You had, about a, that. You had a, I think you f- you recorded in Chicago, right?
0: We were no, we didn't record in Chicago, but we did a sort of a post mortem on it when we got back um, oh, okay. with him and and Chris DeLando as well, who works for Repop, the company that puts it on. So like that was cool. Um, but yeah, no, speaking of Chris and Undiscovered Realm, he, you know, he's one of our sponsors this season. So, oh, awesome. you know, I've been dropping in these, these commercials, uh, you know, for Undiscovered you Realm. Have a jingle? But, but <laughs> since you're here, well, let's just talk about Undiscovered Realm from him. We do the commercial now on the spot. Okay. Why should people check out Undiscovered Realm?
1: Oh, great variety of pops. I think they might be the largest on the East Coast for sure. I, I mean, I don't know anybody else who sells as many pops or gets all the exclusives. Literally, if Chris doesn't have it on the East Coast, you probably are not getting it. I mean, it's sold out or very hard time because he has people who can get them in various different places and get them to Undiscover Realm. Um, it's a great spot for the gaming, gaming community, you know, people who play Magic the Gathering and stuff like that. Uh, he's got some comic books there. I, I don't want to get into that because I don't know what's going on with it, but I think he would like to have somebody... Actually, you know, set up a Diamond account and be on top of... Yeah, he's
0: posted about that, like how he's looking for someone to kind of take ownership of the comic piece.
1: I I figured, actually, any Drew or yourself would probably know someone better than I would, because I've been out of that for a very, very long time. Jay Mizell. J-Mai's would be great, but... He can't remember how to order a no problem. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> By a spoon. It would give him something to do, too. I guess. You know? I mean, but yeah, J- Welcome like, to Undiscovered Realm, <laughs> bastards. I don't think he can make up the stairs, to be honest with you. No, I, yeah.
0: I think the stairs might give him some trouble. That flight of stairs might do him in. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you are is great. So yeah, whether you go visit them in person, or you catch them at a show, or you order Even from online. them online. You know, so, I know they do a lot of online stuff, But I think,
1: I think your best bet for getting the, you know, whatever you want is catching them at a show. Because usually they're always traveling, and all the good stuff is going to the shows. It's like you got to pull it off. But sometimes when you know there's a lull between shows, they put everything back up on the, the shelves and stuff like that. And three quarters of the time, it's like oh, I was going to pick that up. It's gone, gone, gone. Especially like Game of Thrones stuff. They fly off the fly yeah. off the shelves.
0: I mean, Drew, you know, to your point, I mean, everything you said, I think is very smart and, and tracks and I think accounts for why, you know, we've seen this shift in shows. So in the last episode, I had Mike Nagin, who works for ReadPop as well. He works on C2E2. But, you know, we we're talking about the Pop shows generally. And it's like, you know, take New York Comic Con, for example. It's like they got to fill that Javits Center. So it's like they're probably more likely to do that if they have a wider array of, of programming and vendors and, and all that kind of stuff than if it were more squarely focused on comics. So... You know, it makes sense. And again, like those comic elements are still there, but they might be a little harder to get to because there's so many people and the show becomes that much harder to navigate. It's mobbed. So I guess, I mean, to, to really, uh, you know, dive into the, you know, the title of this episode and like the survival tips and stuff, it's like, how do you navigate show? I, and I, you know, I guess a lot of this could apply to any type of show, but I mean, really specific, like the big shows like New York and, and San Diego, um, you know, in terms of navigating them, I feel like, and I want to get your take, one of the first things you need to do is decide like what you want out of your experience and what's important to you and what's important to you or me or anybody, you know, might not be the same for anyone else. So, you know, if you want to hunt for dollar books or you want to watch panels or you want to get original art, like whatever it is, if you want to dress up and you want to take pictures, like whatever it is that you want to do, uh, I think you really do need to nail down like what, what you're looking to get out of it because there's so much, the lines are long, there's so many people, it's like you often don't have time to get to everything. So you like, really need to prioritize.
1: 100%. Um, for me, i I remember when I was on the hunt for original art and stuff and actually as an attendee. And it was great because, you know, we got professional passes in the past and stuff like that. I remember Brian Boland's first year at Comic-Con. And I was like, Brian is one of my favorite comic artists. I was like, I don't care what it is. I'm just going to go to his table and camp out there. And I remember I was waiting there for literally, I don't know, six or seven hours before he even showed up. And I was like, whatever. I was like, this is what I want. My commission. I said, okay, no problem. Gave him the money. At the end of the day, came back and picked it up. Now He only took like certain amount of commissions for the entire weekend. And everybody said, oh, I had the best commission out of the show. And I said, oh, awesome, cool. It's actually like a cover recreation that he did uh, of one of the Joker. Um, I think it was when he took over dc universe i don't remember what the storyline was
0: is this the joker's last laugh thing yeah you the covers for that i, I think don't so i remember it correctly that was a while ago but yeah, yeah it's a long time ago
1: and i was so set on then and bill mayo <laughs> uh because he had uh, contacts with uh wasn't wasn't albert Moy, but it was someone else who who else uh, had a big art table that he helped out uh back then
2: Well, he helped albert Moy. was it albert yeah probably
1: oh, okay maybe it was albert but at the end of the show you know, Bill got like a quick free sketch from Brian Bill, and I'm like, here I am waiting like uh, everybody else, and he gets the quick sketch, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, all right, no problem, but, you know, I think you have to pick at least one thing you want and then gun for that, whether it be a panel, whether it be a piece of art, whether it's like even if you're hunting for, you know, a pop or something, a hard-to-get pop or – or a comic, or anything. Like, you have to have at least one thing to make it show not as much. If you're going into the show, like, if you're just bringing your kid in there for, like, on a Sunday or something like that, I would not expect anything. Just, wherever your kid goes, fine. And have some money in your pocket, and that's it, because they're going to want everything around them. So Yeah, the,
2: the shows nowadays, unfortunately, you can't just say to yourself, I'm just going to go and look around. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going to ask.
2: Yeah, Be- yeah, Because it's, it's almost physically impossible to just go in and stroll around. You are constantly going to be uh, cattle wedged. You're wedged you're, in you're there. be, yeah, you're, you're just going to be in the herd and you're going to have, you move with the flow. And even if you see a booth that has something that you want to look at, there is a better than even chance that you will not even be able to navigate yourself into that booth. You are in a river swimming against the tide and sometimes you just can't reach shore and you have to sort of accept that if you're just going to go, you have to say, you want to know what I'm going to see whatever I can see and I can't really be disappointed if I don't see something and you have to know full well that if there's 10 things you want to see, you'll be lucky if you get to two of them and feel happy if you do just because it's difficult. That, and that goes to even if you have a you know plan for buying something. So I plan on getting this Well, you got to find it and then you're going to think to yourself, maybe someone else has it cheaper and you're going to go looking around. You're going to say, wait, where did I see it before? Because I couldn't find it again. You're going to go back and the guy's going to say, yeah, I sold it 10 minutes ago. That's where the uh, the old <laughs> adage "Don't be a flat squirrel" comes
0: into play because it's true. It's very tempting, especially one of these things. Like you see a lot of dealers, and yeah, I mean, it's very easy to fall into that trap of like, oh, well, maybe I could get it for a better price. But yeah, you you run all of those risks that it'll be gone by the mm-hmm. time you hesitation come back. Kills. That you won't even be able to find it again. H- hesitation kills. Hesitation kills. Yeah. So I mean, if you see something that you want uh, that's like on your list and you've yeah. budgeted for it, and you know the 100%. price is what you're willing to pay. Uh, you should probably grab it. I, I mean, agree. You know, cash is still king. Although I've noticed a lot of vendors now, they do take credit cards. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, so there's th- that. We're
1: in that age because most people are even PayPaling on their phone and stuff like that. It's yeah. crazy.
2: Cash is still king for negotiating, though.
0: Yeah. On that note, you know, and I go, I know now you guys aren't really like hunting and buying so much, but when you did, I mean, would would you try to haggle or would you just a little kinda, bit? Yeah. I'd
2: be like,
1: what's the best you can do? I mean, I'd be like, here's bottom line, what's the best you can do? And some guys would be like. I can't do anything. I was like, okay, no problem. Then you just lost it. You just lost a sale. And they'd be like, oh, no, no, come back. And I was like, dude, we already went through this. I asked you what the best you can do. I'm not going to haggle. So, But, I mean, some of the guys would say, um, okay, I can do about this. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But I, I was hunting up until last year. And I still kind of hunt now for older books and big books depends on the show believe it or not smaller shows are where you find Mm -hmm. the better stuff i mean big shows are not where you want to be looking for big books put it that way or anything specific i mean i think comic cons you are looking for exclusives i think that's the big thing is trying to get all your exclusives and whatever have you whatever special you know product is coming out for the specific con right because you know they put it on ebay 10 minutes later for an exorbitant amount of price i mean that's just the way the nature of the beast is yeah
0: i remember when i tried to get the uh dragon zord pop exclusive at uh not at a convention but it was uh like hot topic had a simultaneous release or whatever and it was not to be had but i eventually was able to get it through undiscovered realm so there we go
1: like i said it's good
0: good to know chris <laughs> yeah, but you know, going back to to Brian, your story about uh, Brian Bolin and how like you spent an entire day getting that piece, I probably told this when we did the original art episode, but um I killed an entire day getting a Superman piece by Francis Manipole. And I remember being very annoyed at the end of that day. like it wasn't it wasn't a great experience. like I was in line literally the entire day. You know, a lot of artists, if they're gonna do a piece as detailed as he does, like they'll take a list and then they'll work on it throughout the show and you'll go and pick it up. But, I don't know if he still does it this way. This was right, 10 years ago at this point. Um, but he did them all on the spot. So, and I was, you know, I don't know, sixth online. So, you know, and he, he took a long time with each one. So that killed an entire day. But I've had that hanging on my wall for years. I look at it all the time and I like it and I enjoy it. So it was <laughs> worth it. But in the moment, I guess that's the thing. It's like...
1: You look back on it and then hindsight's twenty twenty, right? It's worth it now. It's yeah. At
0: the time, you were annoyed. I know. Part of me feels like this was a like a weird topic for the show this season for me personally because it's not like... I'd love comic cons, you know? (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, comic shops are one thing, but like the cons, and I've I've talked about this before, it's a little bit of a love-hate relationship, and there's a lot of bad, like the crowds in particular, and the lines and the waiting, that, that can be very trying for me personally, but I feel like what you can get out of it and the memories and all of that, um, or physical stuff as well. Well, uh, You, you know, make have it
1: to worthwhile. be. Uh, you have to be. I mean, it's funny, uh, and don't laugh. But I think you have to be in shape nowadays just to even handle a comic con because the physical toll. Yeah, you take. It's a long day. It's a very your very long day. You're not. There's nowhere really to sit down. You're indoors for almost the entire day, so you're not getting any. You're not getting fresh air, which is, you know, you know that's how people get sick. I mean. There's a big thing. Hand sanitizer. Yep. Bring your hand sanitizer when you go to a Comic-Con because... Or if you're working at it, obviously, because you're dealing with money, you're dealing with people. I mean, when we worked last year, I I was always asking for hand sanitizers. Like, I had to get it... Like, I think I was one of the few people who did not get sick at the weekend. But then I got sick, like... Three or four days later, and I was like, oh, man, I thought I, I, thought I missed it. I know. And like,
0: it almost catches you. It's
1: it's almost like, always oh, catches it's you like,
0: at some
2: point. It, It's inevitable. Like. Well, what we need to do is have a booth next year selling hand sanitizer, selling deodorant, selling breath mints, and I'm sure a few other things. You'd probably make a killing. Yeah. I mean, it's well, a I thing. Well, I think they
1: do that. I think they even, like, someplace, I think, one year I remember them handing it out. I remember them actually handing out hand sanitizer for free. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, ever see them giving de- deodorant out, but that's probably a good one.
2: Or just charge five cents for a spray. Yeah, no. just lift your arm up. That's five cents, please. I mean, look, it's a bit of a cliche, <laughs> but cents, right?
0: <laughs> it's a bit of a cliche. But I mean, it's true. I mean, it's it's a lot of people packed in there, and even though these are massive spaces that we're talking about, it still it gets hot, and people get. And stinky, and sticky, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's smelly and all that. But no, I mean I'm glad you brought that up. There is a physical toll to this. Like wh- whatever you're doing at a show, like if you're a vendor and you're, oh, like, yeah. whatever it is, doesn't that you're matter. Doing, um, but especially like walking the show and stuff. So uh, again, that's where you know, com- comfortable shoes come into play. Um, Huge. Knowing your limitations, I guess you know it would, would be something else I'd recommend to people. I mean, like, know how much you can do.
1: Even, even like, even the address is like, "Oh, pack a snack." You're going to need more than a snack. I mean, you have to get a full meal. Get your carbs in. Mm-mm. I know.
2: No. I, Th- this was my trick at San Diego Comic Con. All right, here we go. Uh oh. Every year, king size Snickers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have breakfast. You have breakfast. Right. And when you get hungry at about twelve eat a king size Snickers thing. First of all, things got about 4,000 calories. So it will power you all, but it makes you so sick (laughs) that you are not hungry for the rest of the day. You're like, I can't believe I just ate that. And and you're not hungry at all the rest of the day, but it's enough calories that it will actually keep you going. I mean you should uh, well <laughs> of course uh, of course that's also why I get stents in my heart at the age of 41. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't I mean, know if I would subscribe to
0: that but yeah, I don't either. I do like I do carbs. say I do say pack pack food too cuz the food at these convention centers is very expensive. But
1: like even an energy drink it'll be is a Gatorade or something just to replenish your sugar or something like that. I, I remember actually this past year I mean you know, I've taken a health kick lately, right? So I, I try to drink as much water as possible. But I knew we were going to the show, so I literally got Gatorades because Gatorade is actually a lot better for you when you're trying to hydrate and just keeping your energy up. I mean, water doesn't really do much for you except just hydrate you, but it doesn't give you any energy. Gatorade was, like, so huge. It was key. I mean, not that I had didn't have anything solid in my, my uh, stomach until, like, later on in the day, but it was great. I had breakfast every morning. But like by twelve o'clock, whatever came around, you were just pounding the Gatorade. So, I mean, it worked. But you know, having a snack is huge. Having like an apple or a
0: granola bar or something like that is massive. You know, and not only is just one day of a show demanding, but if you know if you're doing an entire weekend, like you, you really do need to pace yourself and get rest too. I mean, I think that's something that that often doesn't happen for a lot of folks. Like I remember when. Uh, San Gregorio and I went to San Diego a couple of years ago for bleeding cool um I was kind of like an old man like we would go out after him, and I was like all right I got to go back to the room and I, I wrote up my articles for bleeding cool and I went to sleep and even then I wasn't getting a, a ton of sleep but at least a little bit more I didn't than hear those after parties man I heard those parties at San Diego's are great I went to I went to one like at one of the hotel bars where the creators were hanging out like it was cool and everything but even then I still left before him cuz I'm like I got to I got to rest <laughs> cuz it's like and again so that's something that uh, you know if you can function on a little bit of sleep like fine go for it and Chris I think you'll have, have is a master of that Yeah I mean he is and I think like for these shows like everything's so heightened like you can kind of run on adrenaline for a little bit but again especially if again you have to know your limitations so if you know you know you need a certain amount of rest like really try to do that and again pace it so maybe you you go out all night like the last night of the show or something like that maybe it's not the first sunday night though <laughs> true but or this you know well then like a the saturday into the sunday or whatever um but yeah i mean it it, it definitely does take a toll
2: yeah, i well, agree even if you go to the show you're there Well, you know, someone says, "Let's go get some food." I'm not leaving the show. I'm at the show. I'm here for the show. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, that's going to take two and a half hours, and I might not be able to get back into the show, and I might miss something. I don't know what you're going to (laughs) miss. Maybe like aliens are going to land in the middle of the show. I mean, I don't know. Be cool. But it's like this fear. It's like, no, no. I'm at the show. I got to stay at the show. I don't care that I'm bored. I'm at the show. I got to go to the show, and you can't do that. You got to be like, wait a second. You know what? I'm running down in energy. Let me go get a little something to eat. Let me recharge, then I can go out there. So. Definitely don't worry about missing something at the show. No. Panels are also a great way to kind of rest up a little bit. And
0: I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that because occasionally I host a panel <laughs> and I would love to see more people in the room. But, you know, it, you can sit. And they're usually air conditioned. Like it's you know it's nice and good content. Don't people like wait through other panels so they can get to some of the panels and stuff so that's like? a, so that's another good tip. And at certain shows like San Diego in particular, you might want to do that. One thing that you do want to check is whether or not they clear the room after the panel. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes they, they don't, do, and, and some, you're standing
2: there for no reason.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I so, went to
1: the Ninja Turtle uh, panel. Uh, what this is the animated? The, well, I think it's since ended on uh, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, yeah. But I was at, I got online for that panel but they didn't clear out the panel from the the last one and this was a New York Comic Con so i was way in the back and i was like oh man just to catch like whatever little scene for the late last season or whatever it was it was cool to see seth green that was i mean he really is short that short in real life i didn't realize he was that short but so but if you ever see seth green at a show man tell him say what's up you know because he walks to shows all the time oh yeah it's true so and so does mark hamill apparently i didn't i didn't get mark hamill Hmm. I was kind of disappointed.
2: I saw that guy from uh, the guy from the uh, uh, what are those werewolf movies? Underworld. Underworld. From the first movie, like the huge guy. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. He, I see him walking around the shows. He's
1: old, always so, around the shows. Yeah,
2: him and uh, Thomas Jane. Oh, okay. I was sitting with Ron Lim one time, and, and someone leans over and says, "Oh, that's really cool." And we're like, oh, and and Ron's like, oh, thanks, because Ron's drawing doesn't look up. It's like, yo, dude, that was the Punisher. Was like, what? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's cool, that's great. Well, that yeah, was like, stuff.
1: we and uh, we were Foxwoods and Ron and Chaz Palmentari comes up to Ron. I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, that's that's the guy that out of the Bronx Tale, is you know, that's that you know,
0: that that was kind of cool. You know, you mentioned sitting with Ron, and, you know, Brian, you've brought this up, too. You know, there's a bit of a tradition in the AR community of, uh, you know, attending these shows with, again, with with vendors or with creators. You know, like Tom is always there at the table with Ken, Ken Marion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Again, like I went, and and Mike has gone, too, for Bleeding Cool. I mean, I think if you have the opportunity to, like, get access to a show in one of those ways. I mean, this is very specific, and not a lot of people are going to have these particular opportunities. I mean,
1: Ken and Tom are very good friend right so i mean
0: but um i don't know i guess if, if you do have some kind of relationship like that where you, you can help out and get in with them or something like that it's it's a cool way to experience the show i think
2: it, well it as funny as it sounds it gives you a place to a rest yep and a place to leave some stuff yes so you're not dragging not it around, dragging it around. It. that's actually huge <laughs> which is big yeah. yeah
0: as far as dragging stuff around good good uh segue there uh, you know, we talked about not being a flat squirrel and that's important. That's good advice in life and at conventions. But, you know, you you don't want to overshoot the mark too much in the other direction because both times that I went to San Diego, I made uh, impulse purchases that I, I regretted instantly <laughs> and still to this day regret. I remember at the first one I went to, I got this big Superman poster Uh, And it was great, but it's, like, something I could have just ordered online. And, like, I've got this big poster. I had to get this big, you know, one of those tube cases for. Like, it just became this, like, albatross that I'm carrying with me. And then I did the same friggin' thing when I went two years ago. And I got um, the Kenner Superpowers Gentle Giant put out. I talked about this after uh, in that episode afterwards. But uh, Gentle Giant put out these these, like, jumbo-sized replicas. And they had the Superman prototype. And I got it. And it was huge. Couldn't fit in a suitcase. I had to ship it home. Which, as I talked about in that episode, was exorbitantly expensive. So I still, like, I regret both of those purchases. So, you know, again, don't be a flat squirrel, but at the same time, keep in mind, A, you're going to have to lug this with you for the at least the rest of that day, unless you have some place you can leave it, which is rare. Um, and, you know, if you've, if you've flown or whatever, like, you have to get this home in a suitcase or something. So just, like, beware of that. Well, if you're going cross-country to get specific stuff, I would be more prepared just to
1: be like, okay... I, you know, get the general post office box now, the flat rate ones, whatever they have. I mean, just go and USPS it back to your own house.
2: I used to buy lots of statues. One of the things I would get is San Diego Comic-Con were Bowen Design's exclusive pieces of the show. Now, generally speaking, they they tended to be their mini busts or mini statues, so they weren't large. But whenever I went out to San Diego, you're only going for three or four days. So you generally have one piece of luggage. And back then, airplanes let you put two pieces of luggage on for nothing. So what you did with your swag was you purchased a box, used your dirty clothes for padding, packed up all of your swag into that box and checked it on the plane. And you got it home for free. You still checked it? I'd be nervous with statues, but they were they, all right. They're you, not going to move. They ship. That's pr- true. They ship from China. Yeah, fair enough. And no one's treating them <laughs> nicely. So if, you, if their retail boxes are pretty good. They protect them. If they're inside a, another box with, again, with your dirty clothes yeah, right. as padding, they tend to do okay. And that's how you get it home for free. Nowadays, what? You have to pay $25? I think it's fifty dollars for another but, bag, right? But if you're shipping a whole bunch of stuff, it's going to cost you that much anyway. Then you got to wait. Hopefully, it gets there. You don't know. This way, it's sort of that's with you. You get it when you get off the plane, and that's the end of it. So that's another sort of con tip for people that go places.
0: Now, like when you get into a show, do you like try to walk the whole floor once to like scope everything out, or you start with whatever your mission is? Hundred percent. But you'll scope. Well, you scope everything out.
1: I w- tr- walk around once just to see where it is because if i know i'm gonna go back there at some point i can just go back and forth i mean it was a lot easier to do when you're working with, for a vendor because you get to see the floor before anybody's on mm-hmm. it yeah so you go walk the show literally to see where things are and if you know some vendors will let you buy th- then and there so you can actually get some of your shopping done Prior to the show, and then not have to worry about it.
0: That's another well, reason why I'm hoping I can go with Odo to that retailer breakfast, so I can get in early and just kind of scope everything out. That, well, and it takes some time to get your bearings too, especially like for people who are listening to this who are planning to go to New York or San Diego for the first time. Oh man, I mean it. It does take don't it don't a while, while to to just take everything in and get. But the even their line
1: outside, for, as a, as an attendee, just to wait on that line to get into the show. I remember we bought tickets three years ago, and I went down on a Sunday because my godson wanted to go. And we waited on that line. It was just miserable. I, I, I was like, I almost said, I almost regretted it because I didn't want him to have a bad time. But, you know, he was so young. He didn't care. He was, like, he was just happy to be walking around at a big show at Comic-Con. And it was like we took him down to Artist Alley, met a couple of artists. You know, great thing is having kids. The artists will give them free sketches, if they're, especially if they're a big artist. You know?
2: If you're just going to have fun for the day, and not for any particular purpose, per se. And even then, unless you're going for something unique, if you want to get an artist, there's no reason to be their first thing. For me, the show opens at 10, I arrive at 10.30, and I walk right in. That's how Steph and I... I'm not going to get yeah. there at 8.30 and wait online to get in at 10.15. I get there at 10.30, and by 10.35, I'm inside the show. I agree. Well, that's what Steph and I did for the New York and C2E2, and mm-hmm. it was great.
0: Oh, yeah? Just walk right Yeah, walk it's right like, in. Well, you know... And again, like we didn't have any specific missions. It wasn't like oh, we have to be there right. to, to get to be the first in line for a sketch or whatever. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't care really about being on that. Fox
2: News. This idiot got online at one thirty <laughs> in the morning. Well, on now Friday now it's more first person. To, you know, now it's
1: more trying to meet celebrities, which is something that mm. we didn't have years ago. Who wasn't really there to see celebrities? And well, you know what it was? We
2: were seeing B movie celebrities. Yeah, the celebrities we were meeting were not the draw.
1: Well, no, I remember, I remember we were in. Um, the Pavilion, I guess it was yeah. The Pavilion, and Peter Mayhew was there, like you know, and um, who who played? Carrie, Will- Carrie
2: Fisher was that's on the first floor. Yeah, when the star with Carrie, they were behind like yeah. It was like the Wizard of Oz. They were the people behind the curtain. Yeah, they were hidden because they didn't want people taking photos of them. But Carrie Fisher was there definitely. I yes, Peter Mayhew may have been there. I don't know who, who else was w- there. What
1: was um, the guy who played Willow?
2: Oh, Warwick Davis. Yeah,
1: Warwick Davis. Thank you. Sorry, Warwick Davis, if you're listening to this.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it was different back then. It was, but yeah, they were there. First of all, you'd never get those people to a show like that now. <laughs>
1: well, now they have celebration and like there's you would, you're waiting hours to meet these guys, and you know I'm glad they're getting their due now because yeah. they paid their dues going to all. They, you, know, you know, it's funny to say that those guys are actually the pioneers of the you know the celebrity photos and the celebrity you know signatures and autographs. And those are the guys who who grinded it out, and now it's only they're getting it now like for a guy like peter may who probably can't even walk anymore properly because i think he's wheelchair i don't know if he's weird i think he's on crutches right
2: yeah he can't get around his His knees are shot yeah
1: oh he's he's ginormous yeah but um and like i don't know if david prowse
0: comes around at all i mean
2: not really i don't think he's a fan of star wars these days so that's
0: that's an aspect like meeting meeting these celebrity guests and getting a photo or an autograph like i've never really pursued that topanga No, I just happened to run into her at the (laughs) the San Diego Comic-Con Film Festival. That was just random. Yeah, she wasn't there as a guest. She was there because Ryder Strong who played Sean on Boy Meets World. He had a a short film in the festival, and she just came to support him. So that was cool. Yeah, if you can, like, run into someone, (laughs) (laughs) like, just kind of, you know, yeah, like, that's pretty cool. Um, But as far as, like, if you do want to get a photo with someone or an autograph, like, I really don't have... Any yeah, experience with that? Things. Like, what, what tips would you have? for That someone? it's
1: the same thing as anything else. Just it's get in line early. Get in line early. But they have now they have like um, schedules for when they're going to be there, so you can't. And they post them up on uh, a screen, so they'll take their name off and they'll move them somewhere. Um, so you know, so it you know, it prevents people from, I guess, uh, line. You know, waiting and stuff like that, just waiting online to be first come source because they, they're only allotting so many um uh, signatures now. I think you know, some some guys only say, okay, it's 100 signatures or 100 photos for an hour, or whatever it is. But I mean, you get zero time with the celebrities either. It's you're walking in, stand at the X, arm around, click, you're done, you're out. So,
2: yeah, I, I think that's the thing for people that they need to understand if they have this grand idea in their head. They're going to meet their favorite star. They're They're going to shake their hand. They're going to talk with them. They're going to, no, no, you're, they might not even look at you. You might literally get up there. Their manager or assistant will say, which photo do you want? (laughs) I like this one. Okay. You know, 150 bucks. Thank you. They'll slide it over in front of whoever it is you're there to see. They'll sign it. The manager will take it back, hand it to you and say, thanks, next, and that's it.
1: Yep, 100%. And
2: and if it's worth spending four hours online and $150 to get that and miss whatever else is at the show, hey, more power to you. But it's not like hopefully meeting a comic book artist or a writer that assuming it's not someone like Jim Lee or Todd McFarlane, well, which is the same I'll thing. I'll never
1: get my Jim Lee sketch,
2: man. Yeah, I mean, that you'll hopefully be able to shake their <laughs> hand and at least say, hey, I really like your work. This is my favorite. And they'll give you, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Not really caring what you're saying. But at, at least you'll get a sense that you got to say something to them and that they acknowledged you exist as a human being versus right. well, these yeah. signatures you're getting. Don't, don't think that you're getting anything out of it besides literally something you probably could have bought online for about the same amount of money.
1: If I could just go off on a tangent, for 20 years, I've tried to get a Jim Lee sketch, and I still haven't gotten it. I thought my best chance would have been when Brandon was working at DC Comics, and he was the editor on, I yeah, guess... Yeah, Brandon
0: Montclair, former AR owner, turned editor slash comic creator.
1: Yeah, he does uh, Moon Girl and... Uh, Rocket Girl Rock and Devil Girl, Dinosaur. Yeah, and
0: Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur and Rocket Girl, yep.
1: So, I mean, that's doing pretty well for him, thank, you know. I'm yeah, glad. got an option that yeah. into
0: a cartoon. Cartoon, so, I yeah. think that's awesome. I mean, yeah, like, that's, that's so cool. cool.
1: That's cool. like how do I know? I was like, I knew a guy who's going to make a cartoon soon. That's
0: awesome. So he was on the second episode of the season, and uh, the news broke like the day after I saw him, and I, I emailed him. I'm like, congrats! I'm like, like way to, <laughs> like, way to keep it under wraps. And he was like, oh, I forgot they were even announcing it today or whatever. So, but, but yeah, no, that was. Really I mean, cool. he.
1: I think he has a lot of going on the plate, and he also is very smart and doing stuff because he does small local shows. He won't do anything too big. I think that's probably if I had to give any advice is. If you can avoid the big show, avoid the big show. Go to the smaller shows because it's not as congested. You can get stuff around. You can move around. I mean, if you want to go for the spectacle to the San Diego or the New York Comic Con, okay, fine. Um, I hear nothing but good things about C2E2. So it seems to be as big as New York or as big as San Diego and just not as crowded. So that's something I might be looking into just to go as a an attendee next year. That, a, that was as, my
0: take on it. Yeah. It's as
2: popular. It's not anywhere near the size, though, unless they've moved locations. Well, Still at McCormick Place? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's not physically, at least it wasn't when I went however many years ago, it was anywhere near the size of New York or San Diego, but... You may know better. It was pretty. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure, but yeah. I mean, it was. And
0: again, just in terms of the like the look and feel of it, and the content and everything. I mean, it again, it felt very much like like you would find at the Javits Center. But All yeah, right. you have actually we, had room to walk and and move and breathe. It was nice. That's because Mighty Mike Nagin's running it now. That's so. right. I'll have to Increased ask. Increased it in size. I have to ask Chris
1: DeLando to help me out for that one.
0: <laughs> I had so I had you know Mike on the show uh, you know two weeks ago, right after we recorded. There was this big hullabaloo with Reed Pop. Uh-oh. You guys probably, I don't know, maybe you saw this like on Newsarama or something, mm. where a lot of creators were denied professional passes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I and heard then about it that. Allegedly, was a glitch of some sort. So, Uh-oh. yeah, that happened. But but before, that was for the New York Comic Con. That right? was for New York. Yeah. yeah.
1: That that was not Mr. Chris that, that was not. <laughs> no, I was not trying to put it on Chris. I'm just saying uh, that happened
0: right after we recorded, so... Uh, you know, had it been before, obviously, I would have asked him about it. Maybe we could have gotten uh, oh, some, you some gotten insight the- into it. Well, that was, it- like,
2: that was like uh, the first year at New York Comic-Con when the, the fire department came and basically yeah. said, you have too many people in here. And John Byrne went out to use the restroom and they wouldn't let him back in. He's like, but I'm John Byrne. I have to get back to my table. And they're basically like, we don't care who you are. You can't go in. He's like, but I'm John Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> That's <amazing. laughs> so, yeah. Who? That's what they probably said. Who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but and
1: uh, the, you know, saying that to a New York City firefighter, I'm John
0: Byrne. There's probably a million John Byrnes. In
1: the yeah, New exactly. City. <laughs> so like, okay, who are you related to?
0: <laughs> I mean, as far as you know, I mentioned like the, these creators getting their or not getting their passes because of this glitch. But I mean, as far as just getting tickets and airfare and hotels for these shows, I mean, that's, it, that's its own pricey. animal. Um, I mean, thankfully, like where we are here in Lower Westchester, I mean, we're close enough to the Javits Center. It's easy to take the train oh, yeah. or drive down. But uh, I recommend the train. Yeah, yeah. Well, I parking. Drive. Have you been okay with parking in recent years? Yeah.
2: Well, I'll say yes only because I just park wherever I park, and I don't care what the cost is. Okay. Because generally speaking, I would have a few friends in town, and when you started adding up the cost of each of us buying a round trip ticket on Metro North, and each of us buy you know paying for a taxi or subway, and the time and effort and everything else. It didn't matter if we were spending 60 or $70 on a parking spot. Right. Because it was the same exact cost overall anyway. Fair enough. So, we, you know, I wasn't – someone was like, oh, I, I got to park for you know $22 or, it's you know, it's crazy. No. So, right. no it's going to cost us right. – it's, it's going to cost us as much anyway. So no, it I agree. Matter.
1: I mean, I drove in when I was working for Chris last year at the uh, New York Comic Con, which was, you know – it was handy enough because he we have he has a secret parking lot that nobody figured out yet. So, <laughs> and I'm not going to give that up. No, no, no I'm not going to gonna that. give that up at all. But it's relatively close to the Javits Center, and you can. So, but uh, very, very handy. But it's actually really inconvenient to get to. It's kind of confusing how you get to it. but I I say take the train if you're, you know, don't have too many people going. To do it. I, you know, and if you don't
2: plan on bringing too much back with you, yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. that's part of it. Too. Well,
1: you got to yeah. walk well across town, you know, obviously.
0: And for hotels and everything, like especially, I'm thinking back to my San Diego experience. I mean, do it as early as possible.
1: How much do the hotels run for San Diego, like a night nowadays? I mean, I remember when I went there was like nothing.
2: No, it's like three or four hundred a night now. Something really? Like
1: that it's expensive. Yeah. I mean,
0: so again, like if you're going with people, at least you can share and you could split it. Um, the but three hundred dollars a night's a lot. The place that I stayed both times, and and San Gregorio stayed with me last time was. Um, it was a Marriott and I forget exactly where it was, but it was like a good, maybe 15 minutes or so from the convention center. So it wasn't like one of the ones that's right there, but like we Ubered back and forth and it wasn't so bad and we were able to get a room obviously, which again, like that's the thing. Like sometimes you can't even get mm. anything. So oh, it's,
1: it's not, I think there was an, uh, a recording on a, uh, an episode here that, you know, somebody booked a hotel a year in advance and the hotel wasn't there anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. Really? I was like, yeah, oh. I was like, oh
0: my God. Was that, <laughs> I think that was Shegel I want to
1: say yeah, that was Greg Sheegle. It could have been Greg Shegel. Uh, but that that was a, uh, I found that story very humorous. But you know, I was like, wow. He's like, oh, this hotel was great, and he's like, uh, wanted to go book, and it's like, it was very convenient. And then the next year, doesn't exist. And not, like, they brought their family with them. He like brought their wives or girlfriends or whatever. You know, I like was, they
2: literally showed up to where it was supposed to be and it wasn't there. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That was that yeah. was that that was a first for me. I mean, no, that's something like they could make
2: a story out of, you know what I mean? They I know you could write on that. <laughs> well, it's like when Thor and Loki went to find Odin and Thor Ragnarok and the old age home just wasn't there anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's like uh, whoops. <laughs> that's it's true. true
0: so these last couple of shows that i went to with steph that was the first time where i actually spent the entire show with someone like every other oh, time really? that i've got like with people from the ar crew or whatever like we go together but then like we just kind of peel off and oh really do our when own you guys thing.
1: cosplayed yeah. together you um
0: no for that we like we, oh, okay you know that was with steph so for that we you know she and i were together right, for the right. whole show but that was really the first time i mean previously any time like i went again with like mike or tom or like anybody you know we would just kind of go off and do our own thing which i mean is that typically what what it's like for you guys it's the best it's way the best to do way. it
1: yeah I I agree i completely agree because yeah. why because you don't have to worry about anybody else you, like you i'm not
2: waiting you on you want them. to look at as quickly as you want or as yep. slowly as you want and you're not waiting
0: it's also easier else. to navigate the floor like when you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. not, i mean i loved having stuff with me but it's like you know <laughs> when you have you want to make sure like you're staying together and you're not getting you know lost in the shuffle and all that stuff so you know you just have yourself to worry you want you
1: want to see whatever you know he may want to see you know a Hulk thing, and I might want to go see a Batman or a Joker thing, and if they're on the other side of the floor. I'm just like, you go that way, I'm going this way. If I if I get finished done first, I'll go meet up with you or whatever, vice versa. But you know, always cool stuff at the cons. You know, what I mean, it's always like eyes are your eyes are bigger than your wallet, I guess most of the time. Yeah. But I also another tip is budget well. Be prepared yeah. to spend x amount of dollars, and if you don't have it don't over, don't put it on a credit card or anything. This cash is king as Drew said.
2: I would go to a lot of shows, bring a lot of cash and come back with a lot of it. And I considered that a win. As funny as it sounds, when you come back with money, it's like great, I didn't buy for the sake of buying and this and that. One year I said I don't I'm not buying anything, so I'm not bring any money. Of course I found something I wanted. So a big <laughs> shout out and thanks goes to Phil who loaned me the money. <laughs> To get a page Feel that I insane. wanted, yeah, yeah, All right. we got-
0: one of our original art episodes
2: exactly. pin- I he- actually saw him not too long ago. he loaned me cash to get my uh my Jim Chung Thanos piece, oh, okay, that's a cool piece, yeah, which I later realized that Haymont wanted to buy, I, like, <laughs> I beat you to it. Sorry, you should have bought it when you saw it um, so yeah. uh but so so the trick is, bring money, you won't spend it, but if you don't bring money, you're gonna find everything yeah. you want, so it's a <laughs> it's a you gotta play the balancing game there.
0: One, a couple other things as far as, you know, making your plan of attack. Uh, I do recommend, like, if you want sketches, for example, Ugh. check the artist's social media pages ahead of time. Because mm. um, they might have their, whether it's their schedule or, or policies or prices or anything like that. So that's probably worth doing. More right?
2: importantly, they might have a pre-convention that's list. That's it, yeah, exactly. Yes. And they might actually do something for you at home. You just have to pick it up, which is... A lot better than I think Ken taking does your that. chances of not getting anything.
0: Yeah, so if you know you want something from a particular artist, again, like you know, check if you can reach out to them. You know, you could try that as well. But a lot of times, like they'll post, you know, what their what their policies are going to be, or yeah, like you said, even getting on a list. Uh, I, I'm a big fan now of the apps, the convention apps. Do you use them?
1: Uh, not really. No, um,
0: no. I found that they're helpful. I mean, obviously you have the guide with you, but the app is is pretty handy. And if anything gets changed, at least it'll be uh, you'll have it.
1: To be honest with you, I'm not really walking the show at all I'm oh that's gen- true I'm generally gen- when I'm at the shows I'm working for Chris and Chris says is there anything you want to go do and that's that's their time to go do and it's like you know that's I'm really just working the shows these days
0: yeah at New York last year I saw you at the UR booth you had like your own little uh, like outpost yeah yeah did <laughs> what? pretty well what uh, what were those pops that you were in those charge were of? Clearance pops. Ah, how'd you do with those?
1: I got rid of, I think, almost all of them. Good man.
0: So did people try to haggle with you?
1: No, because they were five dollars. Well, was okay. like five dollars. No, not stop people.
0: <laughs> no, I was like, listen,
1: <laughs> but honestly, it was like pop five dollars, pop five dollars. I mean, I had the the amount of cash that was in my pocket. It was just like here, <laughs> you know. I was just the money to Chris and let them sort it out and. I think he was happy he moved a lot of those clearance pops, but I mean they were all they were all the same pops. They were all Dipper Pines and stuff because there was exclusives, so they were getting exclusives. And these are the extra pops that came around with them. Actually, so.
2: talking about what you just said, you know, pop five bucks, pop five bucks. Survival tip: as funny as it sounds, don't bring large bills. Don't say I've got a thousand bucks and they're all hundreds because you're going to want to go buy something for 10 bucks and the guy's going to tell you, I don't have change or I'm not giving you all my change. You have to go break that. And no one is going to break that for you.
1: It's true. Hmm. So, small and, bills.
2: Uh, unless you're going and you know, look, I'm going to purchase artwork and I know that my sketches are going to cost me $200, $300, dollars whatever they are, and you're going to be handing this over to the artist, that's fine. But if you're looking for knickknacks, you're looking for little stuff, $5, 10 $20 items. It pays to have at least a certain amount of fives and tens and twenties with you to make it easy. The vendor will appreciate it and it'll make your purchasing a lot easier. Whenever I've helped Ron out when he's doing sketches and he's like, I want to raise my prices here. I'm going to, you know, when they were 40 bucks, he said, I'm going to make them 50. I said, do not make them 50. He's like, why? I said, because people are going to be giving you twenties and they're going to be giving you hundreds and you're going to have to give them change. You feel like carrying around 200 300 400 dollars in tens to give change? No. Make your sketches 60 bucks. And people will the, the pay People for are it. going to pay you in 20s and if someone gives you 100, you're going to give them back two of those 20s. You're going to be dealing in 20s and hundreds all day. You don't need change. He's like, oh, okay, that's good. I said, plus, you make 10 bucks more sketch. I mean, let's face it, no one's gonna, no <laughs> one's gonna. <laughs> I think,
1: I think Ron can just charge $100 well, a hundred dollars. Well, that's what he
2: mind does mind. now, 100 or 200, even whatever it is yeah, now. He's, it is. he's always been inexpensive compared to others, but
1: well, I hope he's getting his due now and getting all the recognition. Oh, because, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Infinity, oh, he definitely
2: stuff. is. Look, Marvel invited him to the premiere, yeah, it was you great. Know, he got to go nice. to that, but but yeah, but in terms of spending, depending <clears throat> upon what you're going for, you know, it's like making sure you have food with you, making sure you drink, bring along. The literally the cash you need to buy what you want is going to make your buying easier, not potentially make you lose out on something because the vendor can't make change of 100. Yeah, well said, so savvy, Drew. This is why, this is Drew's why you're the on a smart this episode. one, and that's He's why I've always one. had so much crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Drew's the smart one, I just kind of tag along. <laughs> No, no, no. It's all good. No, I think uh, I mean this. I mean, we'll still a couple more things that we can hit on, but I think this has been great. I mean, hopefully, uh, people are will find this helpful, especially if they are planning to hit a show like this for the first time. I think we should
1: like bullet point do a recap of of all the survival tips, and because it kind of went off a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I and, and something else. And Brian touched on it going to smaller shows. Depending upon what your goal is, and especially if it's to meet an artist or meet a writer. Contact them and see which shows they're going to be at. Don't think I have to go to San Diego or New York to meet them, because you might not be able to. Are they going to a smaller local show that's closer to where you are? Are they going to a show like Heroes Con in Charlotte, which I suggest everyone go to if you like comic books, because it's one of the last... Comic book shows out there. I've been
1: meaning to go to that show. Yeah, me too. You know,
2: are they going to, you know, Phoenix has shows now and Dallas has stuff. Is,
1: is, you are going to um, Heroes? Oh, I don't know, actually. I should ask Chris. Yeah, I don't know. I might say, uh, I would like to take that trip
2: down. Bill Mayo went to, goes to a show in Albuquerque. In New Mexico, yeah. And for some reason, I shouldn't say some reason, that's rude of me to say, a number of pretty high-profile good artists tend to go to this show. And Bill will go, and there's no one online, there's no one buying anything from him, and he sits around and chats with them the entire show. Really? So figure out Mm -hmm. what it is you want, and especially if it's meeting talent, regardless of what it is, see what their show schedule is for the year, and see if you can find a show that a few of them will be at that you have a better chance of actually meeting with them chatting with them getting what you want this and that and you'll actually enjoy the show more Hmm. because you'll get to look around at the rest of the show also probably won't be as crowded and everything else Maybe that's our biggest tip about surviving one of these big shows.
0: <laughs> don't go. Don't go. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, look, it's, it, well it, you can buy it on you, eBay
2: anyway, right? <laughs> but you don't you don't need to go to the big shows to no. get this stuff. That's the right. thing. There's there's probably multiple shows every week, and these artists don't just show up at right. one show. They go to a lot of stuff. What
1: did I say? Chris goes to what, does 40 shows a year. Yeah.
2: That's a lot of freaking shows, I know. man. He's on the road all the time. I was in... Uh, you did a show I, lately. Well, I, I helped out... Uh, a friend of mine who owns a hobby shop. Right. And there was this little tiny teeny show at the Jefferson Valley Mall, up in Jefferson oh, Valley, yeah, sure. near Mayapack and everything.
1: I think Chris was at that show. Chris was, was there. Yeah. He
2: was there cuz I saw him. I said I said, "Hey, what's going on?" He was there and his booth was there and this and that. So if you wanted to get pops from Chris and Undiscovered Realm, if he is indeed the biggest vendor on the East Coast, you don't need to go to New York Comic-Con to see him. He's no. at the Jefferson Valley Mall and just show up, walk into the mall, you're not paying anything, and talk to him and get whatever you want. So so don't think you need to go to one of these huge shows to accomplish whatever your goal may be, unless it is just to go to the show right. and say you went, then of yeah. course you need to go.
0: I mean, I think like that brings us full circle in this idea of, again, like what you want out of it and what your priorities 100%. are. I mean, I think one rule of thumb, maybe at least- uh, I would subscribe to this is, you know, think about what's again, like what's unique to that show, what you can't get anywhere else. Um, Cause again, like you said, yeah, if you can get these pops at a, at a smaller show and save yourself a trip, if that's really what you're in it for, or if you want to meet creators, but you can meet them at another place and have a more substantive, meaningful interaction, you can do that. Um, you know, I mentioned panels before it's like, you know, a lot of these panels, you know, they're at least reported on. So you'll know what was said. A lot of them are, are filmed, especially like the big ones and stuff right. like that. So, you know, if it's really important to you to be in that room and see the cast of a show on the stage, you know, that's, you know, that's fine. Like, you know, the the, the old story, of course, is, uh, you know, Odo used to give Rich Roney a hard time for <laughs> going to San Diego Comic Con to hunt for
2: back issues. Dollar books. Dollar, dollar books, books, no less. The dollar books cost him $48.72 after you take into account <laughs> right. airfare and hotel and everything else. I so, don't think it was just about the dollar books, yeah. but that's besides the point.
0: But but even if it were, I mean, like if that's, again, like if he wanted the spectacle of it or the social component or but that's just what he wanted out Since of it. we
1: all know Rich, that's what Rich does at every show. Right. He looks for dollar books. I think it's more going, I think San Diego is more about going away with his friends, having a good time. You know, he's going to do whatever he wants at the show anyway. You guys all meet up and... You know, Gritch's thing was going to a panel. I remember him going to a Mark Wade panel. I actually, I wish I wish I knew you were doing that and I would have been like, I was like, does he ever remember the kid who w- walked up and says, do you have any interesting Marvel superhero questions or whatever? And um, the question came across like, you know, what happens when uh, Juggernaut runs into the blob? Because it's the what was it hmm. unstoppable force against the immovable object, right? Yeah, the
2: irresistible force against the immovable object. So
1: and it, it stumped Mark Wade, and I remember that was like the, one of the funniest thing. And Rich Roney was in that panel as well. So if he ever listens to this podcast, he'll he'll probably remember that. I think that was at a, a Philly show.
0: I don't know if he'll listen to this. Ben Ben from Zap is not on it. And oh there's no yeah, I know discussion. So, I mean, I don't we're, don't we're
1: not high profile enough. Ben Ben from Zap comments. <laughs> you're you're the celebrity for Rich, man. Congratulations! In all seriousness, that's true. <laughs> mm. um, uh, we are all envious. We always fight for the Rich Roney seat. You have, you have, you know, you have a number one. He he comes to you.
0: We have to go to Rich. He comes to you. That's true. Mm. But uh, so you know, we've we've covered a lot. I mean, any other tips that either of you wanted to share? Anything that comes to mind? No,
1: I don't think. So. I don't know, man. I mean, again, working working the shows are a lot different than being an attendee because you're at the booth almost the entire show. You get very few breaks. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's tough. I, I, I would like to go to a show as a, an attendee. I mean, we did last year, but it was a small show when we could walk around with Ron. But we were mostly with Ron the entire time anyway.
2: Yeah. I mean, my, I don't collect comic books anymore. The original artwork has gotten so prohibitively expensive, especially the stuff that I like, uh, that I don't go searching for it anymore. So I go... I've gotten to the point where I go to a show just to see people and say hi. I don't go because of what's, what's at the show. I go because of who's at the show. Uh, but it's, it's definitely different. But I, I will say that all things said and done, if I had a choice of going to New York Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con now, or going back to the late '80s and early '90s and going to the old shows in New York City, oh. I go to those old shows. Yeah, in old shows, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's, unfortunately. And, but it,
1: it, I mean, it's, it's so media intense. It's so... It's, I remember comic books as being... It was a cool because nobody else liked them. And we were labeled as geeks and nerds and dorks and whatever. And we got made fun of it because we like comic books. And then all of a sudden, these movies came out and like, oh, we like comic books now. It's just like, well, you really just jumping on the bandwagon here. It's like... Um, You know, that's why these shows got so big. And then obviously you're in a big metropolitan area and San Diego was the first to do it, I guess, because that's why they were so popular. Well, San
2: Diego just has had the show since the early 70s. Right. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: So I'm I'm not too clear in my history, but then New York got it. And New York is now larger than San Diego. And then they're even building, they're adding on to the Javits now. Oh, right. Yeah, so they're going to make the Javits even bigger, so... It might actually be a larger
0: facility than San Diego soon. So, speaking of you know being in a metropolitan area, like depending on where you are in the country, you, you might be shocked at the price of food and other things mm-hmm. when you come to one of these shows. So, just kind
2: of be prepared for that. That's why I never minded going to San Diego because you know what I was spending on food there, no matter was generally less than what I spent on food here. Anyway, <laughs> We're we're desensitized. <laughs> because yeah, we're New Yorkers. Yeah. Every we are show, desensitized. every show we go to. Everyone's like, "Oh, we can't go and eat there." I said, "Why?" I said, "It costs less than it does. for me. It costs less than it does back home." I don't.
1: That's know. true. I, I work in the city and I eat in the city every day, so you know. Well, you've
2: been doing your
0: meal prep now, though, right?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, actually for the last two weeks. I've, I've Good actu- man. I have actually uh, money in my pocket, so it's, it's
0: crazy that
2: so that makes a big difference. He bought me dinner today. Nice. Where'd you go? pizza. pizza <laughs> Venetian or something else? No. No. Slice, slice of, of Scarsdale. Slice of Scarsdale. Oh. Shout out to the oh, Slice yeah, of Scarsdale sure. guys. Yes. Very good pizza. Go eat there. Very nice. Hey, they didn't pay for a sponsorship. No, uh, we can get out. you one.
0: <laughs> uh, well, speak kind of on that note. Let me explain what I have, uh, what I'm cooking up here with this Patreon. Were you guys familiar with with what this is or no? because I'm
2: I, sort of familiar. I read yeah. your post on Facebook, but that's, <laughs> the only,
0: that's the only reason why I know what it is. So Patreon is a monthly membership program where uh, users or patrons um, can help creators get paid for their work. So it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. Obviously, I did the Kickstarter in the fall to raise money for the documentary, but I want to kind of do the same thing with the... Um, With the podcast, and the idea with this is, uh, you know, the podcast is free, has been free, will always be free. You don't have to pay anything to listen to these episodes. But if you become a member of this Patreon, it will um, help me and able to continue to do this and uh and hopefully do more of it i mean uh if i'm hey now hey, what <laughs> do more, do I've, more. Al- I've always said do more
1: i think more content is better and you you've been rocking it man
0: why well, no i appreciate that but it's you know people are always asking like whenever i show up with my equipment whether it's to film or record people are always asking like, oh do you have a day job you get paid for this and it's like well like i'm working on it but you know this is one of the ways that i want to work on it and um you know, so the idea is you you pledge a like a low level monthly amount. We have rewards from like the one dollar to five dollar range, and in exchange for that, you get exclusive content. So, a bo- if like I a- if I sign up, will I get a DVD? no physical <laughs> rewards damn it uh, you know listen it was great for the kickstarter doing the shirts and doing the blu-rays but it, it took a long time making those blu-rays so for this we're going to keep it digital but like bonus uh a bonus full-length bonus episode and then the new thing that i'm starting up that i'm excited about is the my comic shop history after show okay so once we're done recording here we'll record the first installment of that cool uh because the way it always works is you know we record these episodes uh you know don't be a flat squirrel see you next week all that stuff and then like we'll usually sit around for a few more minutes and talk without recording and so well, i'm gonna leave the the mics on and we'll Fair keep enough. chatting for a little bit it'll be like a little behind the scenes stuff or maybe we'll follow up on things that we mentioned in the cool in the episode proper uh yeah. you know so that'll be one of the one of the major rewards um you know so that's the thing it's, it's gonna launch i've been building the page now but it'll launch on uh june 27th cool i'll be posting it everywhere so why specifically
1: uh, june 27th
0: uh, well, I wanted to give people a couple of weeks to, uh, just, to just to know uh, what it is. Well, that's when uh, the next episode will be coming ah, out. So ah, okay, to I got you. There's I got always a reason. There is a reason. There's, a there's reason. always a reason for this. But in the mean- to the madness. But in the meantime, uh, again, I mentioned some of the things that I have in mind for rewards, but if anyone out there, or either of you here, uh, if you have ideas for things that you would want as rewards, digital rewards. Oh, digital rewards. Uh, uh. You know, feel free to reach out because I, you know, if it's something that I'm able to do, I would definitely take it into account and try.
1: Well, I think you probably should try to talk to Chris to maybe, you know, say here's a 5 or 10% discount or something, you know, for listening to the show. Oh, or... interesting, a discount. I like that. So, I don't know, maybe. I yeah. mean, that's something you would have to talk to Chris. Maybe you know. something
0: like that, but uh, you know, I listen. I appreciate everyone listening. I appreciate everyone, you guys included, of course, you know, who contributed to the Kickstarter, and uh, you know, everyone who's been part of this journey. So this is kind of the next iteration of that. And uh, you know, I'm always talking. What, you, what did you got there?
1: The sagot. Thanks,
0: Christian Russo. By the way, that's right. The reward you got for the Kickstarter <laughs> it was the Was the uh, sketch. Um, <laughs> I don't have my sketch yet. <laughs> I know. We'll talk about that in the after show. Okay. That's <Uh-oh>. Uh, so that'll be launching on the on the 27th, so keep, keep an eye out for that. Um, before we wrap up, I, I just want to mention, though, you know, going back to our convention talk, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, these pop culture elements that have, have been invading, and it's not limited to conventions. It's been interesting, as I've been filming for this new documentary, it's something I'm hearing a lot from stores as well. And there's been a bit of a divide in the stores that I've been to, stores on the one hand who... Diversify and carry pops and other toys and gaming and action figures and t-shirts and that kind of stuff and then other stores that are very very specific and adamant that we do comics we do trades we do back issues like they're comics only and they really wear that like like a badge of honor. Um, so it's been a little bit of, of a divide and it's been interesting talking to the stores for the movie and then talking to convention organizers and attendees for the podcast. And this theme has been pretty consistent uh, in both. So it's just kind of interesting.
1: I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with diversifying. I mean, I think that's the way you have to go, especially going to the future. I, I think you interviewed a young lady who in Philadelphia who has the coffee shop. What's that's that's right, Amalgam. Uh, yeah, so I think that, I was like, Jesus, why didn't anybody ever think about that before? It's like I Because
2: mean, people touching the books is bad enough, let alone spilling coffee on them. I mean,
0: I mean that's true. <laughs> but like So they do, they do have signs. They don't let you into the comic section with your coffee. Okay. And I don't think you can bring the books into the coffee section unless you've bought them already. Bought them already. I, I think that's the deal. That makes sense. So they do have some precautions. In but place. that's okay. like going yeah.
1: to... You know, like the Barnes and Nobles has a Starbucks in it. You know, it's almost the same concept. Yeah. So...
2: Did you notice... The non-diversified stores being in, shall I call it... Middle America? ...more affordable areas of the country where they can get away with not diversifying? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Because they're paying $400 a month rent. I mean, a comic book, you know, whatever the issue is, costs $4 here and it costs $4 there. When you're paying $7,000 a month rent here and you're paying $400 a month rent there... You know, yeah, it it, it you know it makes don't a difference traffic, what you sell. Though. No, but you still need to sell more. You know, if we so maybe we have three hundred customers and they have fifty, right? But they're still paying. You know, one tenth. Of course. You know the price. You know, but there's still have you know thirty five percent the traffic or whatever it is. So I, I you'll probably find there's some sort of correlation there between. Yeah. demographic and where you are versus how much you have to diversify. 100%. So before we wrap this up and then record our little after show,
0: anything else that either of you wanted to say on our uh, on our subject of surviving cons?
1: I think we should just do a recap of all the, the points. Well, <laughs> when
2: I post the episode, oh, okay, fair I, enough. I listen to this and, so and you edit like, you everything. Can do an
1: added, you can do an ad bu- uh, at the end the or something. The best thing
2: you can do to survive con is raise your shields. <laughs>
0: uh, well, uh, I want to thank you fair. Know, I do want to thank both of you for uh, sharing your insight. And uh, this really has been a blast. I had a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, people listening to this uh, will find it helpful. And for those of you going to any con, whether it's your first one or, or your 10th or whatever, you know, have a good time. And hopefully, uh, again, some of the stuff that we said will serve you well hopefully. on the convention floor. And if it doesn't, well, you're, you your- might die on the floor anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> we won't have to. So as I said at the top, the, uh, the con talk will resume in September over these summer months. I hope you enjoy the two-part My Comic Shop Book Club event and then the four-part Beyond My Comic Shop uh, miniseries. So the book club episode will run in two weeks. We'll see you then. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel.